Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. We have been on a series here at Grace Harvest Church um, called DNA. And uh, really, the desire has been to impart um, who we are as a church to people and remind us anew our distinctives and um, how we uh, desire to express um, this community and how we function and operate and worship and all those things. And so today is a continuation of that. Um, and that is that GHC in our DNA is we are an expressive church. Amen? And so we believe that God has called us to be a people that worships freely, unabashedly, and, uh, and we are um, not ashamed of that. And so today also is Palm Sunday. Come on, somebody. Anyone keeping track of the schedule here and watching the days go? And so we want to share a little bit about that this morning. That is my assignment, and so I will do that. And so if you've got a Bible, if you've got John chapter 12, I just want to share with you um, a few things about the whys, why today, why Palm Sunday. Uh, It's significant to us in the church and um, in just a few minutes that I have. Everybody say a few minutes. All right, here we go. So in John chapter 12, uh, verse 12, we'll start there. It says, In the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees, everybody say palm trees, and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's coat. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. I I love that. Uh, I love the ending to this particular text here. Just the the murmurings and grumblings of of the other side as they were watching the, um, the word and the message that had gone about Jesus. And so to set the context here, here we have Jesus toward the end of his, uh, literally in the last week and a half of his um, ministry that had begun here on earth, that he began to walk in whatever God would have for him, signs and wonders and the proclamation that, that, that there is a new gospel that's on the way to people. And so, so Jesus had been doing things. Scripture says that he healed all those he came in contact with. Think about, think about the trail of stories that would begin to follow him as he began to encounter people. Scripture says over and over again, he would look on the crowd and have compassion on them and was moved to act. So, so one by one, story after story after story after story was about this man from Nazareth, this man who was born in Bethlehem, This man that was doing these things to care for people and to preach about the Messiah that was first coming to the Jews, salvation to the Jews, and then to the Gentiles, essentially to all the world. This man who preached that there was uh, God's love for people through him. 
said several times, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen the heart of God displayed through me. And so, so as the stories went out, year one, year two, year three, and, and it seemed like in the most recent part of this story that, that the message of the story of what he had recently done in raising Lazarus from the dead and the crowd that has seen that happen, I don't know about you, but, but, but if you were in that crowd at the moment of the time where Jesus was wept over his friend and then called out his friend and said, move that tombstone, Lazarus, come out. And to see this man be raised from the dead, no question, standing in front of the people and Jesus saying, unwrap this, my friend, that that would leave an impression on you and I. Am I understating this in the moment? I mean, come on, come on. We, we see little things and we marvel, right? I mean, we watch, we watch the TV sometimes and we're waiting for like, he's about to do a trick, watch this. And it's just a penny turned into a nickel. It has no eternal significance. And right here, the story is, is that, that the people remembered that Lazarus was raised from the dead. And they heard that he was moving towards Jerusalem. And so they gather, and, and, then, and then the story continues. Jesus knew what he was headed to, and he willingly went the final week. So this is the beginning of Holy Week. Next Sunday is Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, the, the hinge point, the, the beginning, the, the authority of the New Testament church right in that moment next week we celebrate that today begins a journey through the walk of that and and in many uh, traditions all through history sunday was significant uh, um, in the hebrew culture referred to as yom two uh, means a good day today right here in the reception of the crowd at jerusalem they received their king or at least that's what they said. Why palms? Well, palms traditionally through scripture and through history have been a sign, especially in the Greek and Roman culture, of, of um, celebration of the king's arrival or celebration all through time, parades and, and um, anointments and, and even just adoration. And so they would line the streets, they would line the roads, the processionals would have, would have branches. And so, so here in this time, in the way that scripture laid out that their, their reception of him riding in on a donkey to lay out palm branches and wave them and say, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. Look, his arrival on stage, their proclamation about who he was. This is what we celebrate today. Powerful in its significance. Powerful in what it begins the series of um, events that begin to unfold in the Christian tradition. I encourage you to begin to go read that, that right here upon his arrival, some of the very next acts wouldn't be the acts that we would expect in feasting and celebration. In fact, uh, some of the very next acts are the acts of cleansing of the temple and about encounters that, that are setting the stage for what's about to happen coming up in this coming weekend. Why Psalms? Well, Psalms be, or Palms, because right 
continue in this moment. It's, it's a proclamation that in Nehemiah, the, the behavior pattern of these people was to receive somebody of, of high esteem waving and throwing. Uh, you, you see it even in history on, on um, crowns that were made, palm branches, either sculpted in gold, silver, precious metals, or literally put on and woven in and set upon the head. Scripture says also that um, in Revelation 7-9, as, as we're looking forward to uh, Revelations being a book that is all about Jesus, that, that it says, I behold and lo a great multitude um, of all nations, this is a little paraphrase, and people in tongues with palms in their hands, waving towards the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, here is what, what the Jews would have traditionally began their celebrations today. Changing of their meal pattern, changing of what they were going to eat, and changing of even the, the idea of consecration and celebration of the Passover and the deliverance from Egypt. But here as a people of God who've experienced the gospel, we have another reason, amen? And his name is Jesus, and it changes everything. And we celebrate this week in looking forward to his return again, but in recognition of the sacrifice of his life that he gave willingly in obedience to God. Amen? And so we see that in this story, like many stories in the Hebrew tradition, they worshiped. And they didn't just worship quietly or stoically. Uh, they, they worshiped, and when they, were, when they set out to worship, they were expressive as a people. It's, it's akin to, I remember the second time I, I ever went to uh, an NFL game, the first time I went to the Seahawks Stadium, the new one, and I walked in, and I was just struck by the monstrosity of this building, right? I mean, it's just incredible. And then there's tens of thousands of people, and I'm, and I'm looking around, and I was wondering, wow, I wonder how many of these people, like, don't even worship on a Sunday morning, because that's how I think sometimes, like, right? This is my context, and, you know, but, but here I am. I was struck with myself, too. I'm here at a football game, and I'm taking my cues from everyone else, like, oh, they're standing up. Oh, when's it going to come to me? You know, and I'm, and I'm willingly joining in all of the things that are celebration, I'm, I'm watching plays that happen before me that seem like they are, wow, that's, you know, beyond human, that feat. And, and what do I do at the side of that? I jump to my feet and the crowd goes wild and I'm waving my hands. And, and in every other context, we would have no trouble exclaiming or proclaiming our adoration and essentially our worship, right? And so this is here as a people at Grace Harvest Church, who we are and what we do. Amen. Pastor Drew. You thought I was just up here to be his hype man. Just amen him and be like, that's good stuff, man. Keep, keep going. Um, yeah, I, I just want, that was a good setup. Uh, we felt like um, this Palm Sunday and, and just people's reactions, the crowds was a, a good starting point, a good jumping off point to talk about worship. And um, I, I do want to define two things. I think it's really important for us to define two things before we get going here. Um, we say worship a lot, but worship is, is this like all-encompassing 
part of everything that we do as believers. Um, it's part of our devotion to Jesus. Um, this gathering, you're here, this is part of your worship. Um, if you're giving this morning, if you gave in the offering, it's part of your worship. If you serve here at Grace or you're serving in the community somewhere, that's all part of our worship. So a whole lot of your life we can look at as being part of our worship. Um, but praise is something different that's inside that umbrella, and that's kind of what we're actually talking about when we're talking about expressive worship, is we mean expressive praise. Um, so praise is a specific thing. It's a really specific action that we um, that gives us kind of a framework in this gathering as we're singing songs, as we're uh, you know playing music, you know, or whatever the band is up here. Um, so just to kind of clarify those two things, praise is something really specific. When we talk about our DNA as a church, we do really mean all of those things with, with worship uh, to do them expressively, but we really mean praise as well. Um, we want these services to be full of the life of Jesus. Um, so I want to take you to just try to really briefly explain, I guess, where we're coming from um, as a church. Um, in, in the book of Psalms, and I'll just I'll start there, um, if you look throughout a lot of the Psalms, in our translations, you're going to see the word praise. Um, but that's really not specific. You know, I, I think that means so many different things to, to different people. Um, but the truth is, is that in the original language, it meant something really specific. Um, and it was tied to an action 100% of the time. Very physical. Um, so there's actually, there's seven or eight main words, but there's actually a lot more than that. And I want to bring you through just kind of seven or eight of the main ones to give us a little bit of context of what that looks like here. So halal means to, and these are all transliterations, and I'm not going to say them correctly. So just so everyone's aware of that. <laughs> um, it means to boast foolishly or to make a show of it. And some of us are better at boasting foolishly than others, but... Um, Tehillah means to praise vocally in songs or shouts. And this is, so a lot of times what's happening, this type of praise, is when the band is playing, but there's no music, there's no words up there. And people are singing, that's what Tehillah praise is. It's like this song that comes out of your relationship with the Lord, your own praise language, if you will. And so that's, what, that's what's happening during that time. If you're kind of new to a charismatic church or a charismatic experience, and you're looking around, you're like, what in the world are these people doing? Um, it's in the scripture. Yeah. It's in the Bible. And so that's why we do it. Um, so zamar means to praise with instruments, instruments by themselves, uh, alone, or with voices as we sing. Uh, hallelujah, right? That's a really familiar one that is, has halal in it. And it's a shouting call for corporate praise. So when you hear someone yelling in the service... That's because the Bible tells us to shout. <laughs> That's, if the music is loud and you feel like you're like, whoa, these, these vocals are hot, it's because the Bible says to do that loudly. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not just me, my preference, I uh, promise. Uh, Yoda, it kind of sounds like Yoda a little bit, but it's not. It's to lift or throw arms upward in praise. And that's why you see a lot of people raising their hands in the service. Um, again, I, you're, you're going to probably hear a common theme, and that's because the scripture says so. We're instructed to in the book of Psalms. Um, Todah is to sing praises together as one community in, in harmony, and that's why we sing together, and that's why you might hear one of our worship leaders say something like, sing this out with me, because sometimes we can, we feel a little bit like, 
this is a moment where we need to go there together as a community and sing this phrase um, because it's, it's meaningful to us. Um, Sabah is reaching out with affection for God. So that's another way that we, you know, if you see people kind of holding their hands, it's like the half-mast sort of, you know, that thing right there. Um, you know, that's another way that we worship God. It's reaching out with affection for God to feel his, his presence and his hold on us. Um, Shabak means to praise loudly. And that's what one of the things that we kind of, you know, I just talked about. But it's, it's in the Bible to praise loudly, to use everything that we are to, to praise as we gather. Uh, Barak, it means to kneel before God and be humble. And so there, there's a place for that, uh, kneeling before God and just understanding who he is in our lives. Um, I want to bring you to, if you've got a Bible or a phone, uh, Psalm 100. And uh, this is a really good, it's a good entry point for us as believers every time we gather. Uh, because this is an opportunity that we have every single time we gather. Um, and I, I just want to start, I want to read, it's not very long, but I want to read this to you. It says, in starting out in verse 1, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen? Yeah. Verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Um, I want to add a little bit of those because that, that's the thing is that those, those words that we talked about, praise, are actually in that text. And so I want to uh, round it out a little bit more for us. So in, in verse 4, this would basically say, enter his, gift, enter his gates with a gift of thanks. Your thanks is a gift to the Lord as we come and we gather and we worship together. Enter his courts with songs of praise. That's Tehillah praise. That's, that's the type of thing that only you can do before the Lord. As, as we're singing and, and as we're playing and there's music happening, that's something that um, is between you and the Lord. It says, and then raise your hands in thanksgiving, yada, to him. Humbly kneel, which is Barak, before his name. So, you know, when we put all these words together, and again, there's a lot more. There's, there's words that talk about dancing and, and, um, and swaying and, and just moving, things like that. If we can wrap our heads around this and we begin to understand this in, in our, our corporate context, it gives us uh, a language. It gives us a, a framework on how we are to respond during these times of what we call worship, but praise and worship. And we esteem this as a church, and it's one of our core values because we see it in Scripture really, really clearly. Um, the book of Psalms is full of, of texts exactly like this. We're encouraged in the New Testament, continually offer up the sacrifice of praise and so many other things. Um, you know, for myself, um, worship does not start with how I feel. I don't... That, that's not the first thing that... that um, that I roll with because a lot of times I don't feel like doing that. I, I don't feel like worship, praising, you know. Um, it starts with what I know. Yeah. And it starts with, and, and that's kind of two things. What I know is what I see in Scripture, what I know about the Lord, His holiness, His mercy, His love, all these things. Um, 
and I let my experience with the Lord and inform me when it comes to praise. I know exactly what the Lord has brought me out of. Many of you here this morning, you know, that may resonate with you. Um, I, I don't know, I don't want to know where I would be without Jesus. And, and that's just, it's just really simple for me. Um, I know what he's done, and that's what compels me to praise. That's what compels a lot of things in my life is just like, Lord, you have been good. You've been faithful. I have been the opposite of what you have been. <laughs> you know, I've been at times faithless and, and not good. Um, I can't not respond to that. Um, as a believer, if you, if you really believe Jesus is God, if you believe maybe some of the things that I'm talking about, this is compelling. It's compelling to us. Um, I can't not respond to that holiness, to that love, to that grace, uh, and to that mercy. He's done way too much um, for all of us, and that's the truth. Um, I, I want to encourage us, and I want to also challenge us as a church to be participators and to not be spectators. Um, I think most of us that are here this morning, you know, we, again, I've, I've done this. I've been on staff here for 12 years. And so I've, I've led a lot of uh, worship. I've led a lot of praise. And, and one thing that is consistent that I do know is that I think people gather here for an encounter with Jesus. That, that's, that's what my understanding is as, as we come um, some of you don't know that. <laughs> some of you, you know, it's, it, it is part of our worship to gather. Um, but I think we're here in truly like the, these things that you maybe have never said. Is like, I'm looking for an encounter with the Lord. That is why I'm here. I, I'm here to be refreshed. I'm here to maybe have the understanding of the Jesus that people are talking about uh, on stage or, you know, Pastor Doug or Pastor Raul or, or Pastor Noah. Like, I want that experience. Um, what I, what I would encourage you is that praise is actually the catalyst that you're looking for in, in that experience, in that relationship. Praise is the thing that will move you to that place. Um, and it's what we're looking for as a church. And that's just, you know, I know that's really simple, but that is the truth of, of what we esteem as a church is, is praise. Um, and I want to use this, you know, little, little analogy here, but going to the gym doesn't get you into shape. Did you know that? <laughs> you, you can't just show up to the gym and look at the weights and look at the treadmill and be like, awesome, glad I came, and then leave. That won't get you what you're looking for. That won't get you what you're wanting. Everyone's going to the gym to, you know, kind of do something, right? They're just like, I need to, whatever that may, might be for you. Um, actually working out is, is what does the work. Um, dressing up in football pads and a jersey doesn't make you a football player actually participating in the game makes you a football player. So praise is, you know, is many times, you know, it is a lot like prayer um, in that sometimes prayer does not change our circumstances. And I know that's a really hard, that, that's hard for Christians because, you know, we, we really believe that um, God is a genie in a bottle sometimes. But what it will do is it will change you. <laughs> prayer and worship and praise will change you. And, and the truth is, is that that's what we really need. And that's what the Lord is trying to do in our lives is change us. So in, in our prayer and also in our praise, we need to continually let go of my will. And we need to exchange that for your will, Lord, your will, his will in our life. Let go of my kingdom, 
the personal kingdom and exchange that for his kingdom. Um, and I think in those moments, that, that's when you're, you truly find what you're looking for in, in the midst of praise and worship and, and your, your relationship with the Lord. And, and that's when I think maybe all of you have been here in those moments where, where like heaven seems to kind of invade a little bit. And you can really feel the presence of God, and, and that's why, that's what's happening right there. So I felt, um, you know, I felt very convicted that if we talk about something, if we preach about something, or if we teach about something, that we practice that. Um, I think that's hi- hypocritical to, to not. And so we're going to take some time, and we're actually going to go back into worship, um, because I, I want us to go there as a church. Um, I want to encourage you, if, if it is uncomfortable, it's going to be uncomfortable, but to do it anyway. <laughs> Amen. I am uh, convicted and inspired. <laughs> uh, you know, I do think this is a um, probably a message we need to hear often. And I love even the phrase, we're doing what Scripture told us to do. And oftentimes I I hear or even even wrestle with in my own heart and soul um, of, man, I'm not into it, or that's not me, or that's not my preference. But I feel like these two guys just hit it right on the head, just laying out Scripture where it is like, if you're a believer, the framework and even the filter of your entire world is it your preference or your cultural outlook or like it's literally scripture it is that is your life that is the thing that you work through it is that is the thing that you you walk and see and live and breathe through is scripture and so when we walk into this place it's just like okay i'm tired man i barely even got here Man, I don't even know, but I would encourage you. Can you guys all stand with me? I would encourage you even, even if it's something like this. It's probably one of my favorite moves. <laughs> and a lot of times I'm not even there yet. I'm just like, Lord, I am not even here yet, but I know what it says in Scripture, and I'm going to put my hands out. And I'm going to believe that, Lord, you're going to meet me there. And I'm going to believe what you said in Scripture, man, is going to become a reality here. Because it takes us so could you guys do some with me? Just put your hands out like this. This is an easy one. It's not even, you know, full bore. I call it the Pastor Raul now, you know. <laughs> uh, and I would just, I just feel like, let's just take a moment to be inspired and convicted and encouraged, but also practice what we preach. Practice what we see in Scripture. 